0: Welcome to Plato's Cave. I'm Jordan Myers, and today we are going to take another step towards escaping the cave by actually re-watching or re-listening to an old episode that I am transferring over from my other show, That's BS. So as I said before, um, this show is basically the new start to anything that I'm doing related to philosophy, and that show is continuing to be um, a political show, a show about society, culture... Um, a more laid-back discussion show. So this is a, an episode that I had previously done um, on That's BS, but I think it's relevant to this show and its topics, and so I'm going to carry it over. So here it is, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to That's BS. I'm your host, Jordan Myers, and today I have a very special guest. Uh, Clyde Rathbone has graciously agreed to, uh, to join me for today. So, uh, Clyde, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Jordan.
0: So we are going to talk about um, many things. I'm assuming, but to begin, uh, the the main reason why we're talking is that you, among other things, have an interest in uh, the health of our conversations, and you and your brother have uh, started this um, really interesting online um, kind of magazine, kind of blog, kind of um, social media. It's a blend of a lot of things, um, but it is called Letter, mm-hmm. and I am a recent fan. Uh, I've really di- Uh, dived into it dove into it Um, so to start why don't you give us the premise of what letter is
1: sure Um, it's a place for thoughtful conversation and the idea kind of emerged from chats that I was having with with my brother Dane who's the co-founder of the company about you know what what a platform might look like if it replicated the kinds of meaningful, longer-form, deeper engagements that we have in the real world, but in an online space. And so we said a range of ideas about what that might look like, Um, but the platform really started to evolve when we reached out to people who were attempting to have these kinds of conversations on places like Facebook and Twitter, and we're running into all kinds of issues with them. I mean, we really just said to them, you know, what, you know, if you had a magic wand and you could design a platform for someone like yourself to have the the more thoughtful, more nuanced conversation around interesting subject matters, what might that look like? And from there we piece by piece have just been, adding features and building and iterating um, really since the start of 2019, so okay. it's it's right now it's featuring conversations of various types, um, there's the dialectic, so two people coming together, uh, having a conversation, almost like a collaborative disagreement, um, trying to find truth together through that process. and. And that's fascinating to observe. But then we also have seen more, I guess, didactic uh, conversations. So they kind of mimic old-school, more old-fashioned letter engagements where people are really exploring uh, each other's lives in a, in a letter exchange. And that is also very interesting to, to see. So what, what I guess the platform is attempting to do is reintroduce what might be Appear to be a, a dated old fashioned technology, but for the post internet world. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it, like you said, I was, um, I, I've skimmed the conversations that you've had uh, and some of the other conversations that caught my eye. And it's kind of astonishing to me how many different, not only types of conversations that can happen, but on the broadest of topics. Um, like I know mm-hmm. you, for instance, have spoken about uh, you know, religion, you've talked about parenthood, you've talked about, Mm -hmm. um, authenticity and things, um, esoteric, like belonging, political things like free speech. It's, um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, I feel like it is the perfect, uh, you know, basket or bin to hold a lot of things that kind of shape who we are in a way that, um, you know, I just, I don't really feel that with things like Twitter or Facebook. Um, I don't feel like you get to know, um, maybe not the details about a person's life because that is what they're for, but the details of a person's mind, almost.
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah, I really love that description. I think I'll <laughs> be repurposing that. But that yeah, I think that's, you know, there's, there's tremendous power in these technologies. This is hyper-connectivity that we now enjoy it's just, it's really hard to wrap your head around just how profound that is. And I think we kind of take it for granted now. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember what it was like to first be introduced to the internet. You know, I was a teenager in South Africa and I remember, I think it was a Napster may have been my, one of my first experiences and, and just being astonished that you could imagine any song that you'd ever heard and punch it into this thing. And, and the internet speeds in South Africa were pretty <laughs> interesting. So you sit there for five minutes kind of watching it load, but at the end of it, you were just like, this is opening a door to a world that is just so exciting. And, you know, the, I guess the one of the downsides of the internet is it's introduced all these other elements that were just unexpected. And one of the problems with the other social media platforms is that they are at some level very surface level and they're almost designed i think to make us more narcissistic it's this idealized projection of our perfect selves Mm -hmm. that we push out into the world and it's that's not a that i don't think that's how we're meant to connect you know we are tribal species and authentic, real stories and thoughtful engagement, I think, is is a key part of just the human condition. And it's nice to be able to explore that with something that's new, but in, in many ways is a return to something quite old-fashioned. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, no no one's ever posted a, a bad picture of them on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. You're right, there is this sort of um, uh, facade that people put on about how great their life is. Um, I know some people you know you see Facebook posts about you know someone's having a really shitty day and you know they they kind of reach out for like support from their friends and family, but I think that's a minority of the content you see online. Um, but what's interesting is that the the other I think really to use the a, a, a muddled word toxic about Um, social media sites too is there there's a huge amount of like moral posturing that goes on so like when you see in someone's bio for instance um, Mm. I've noticed this like uh, uh, you know you'll go to someone's bio and it will say he him his and Mm. it's interesting that that it it in my opinion, at least, is not actually an identification of their pronouns. It's a political statement. Mm. It's saying, I agree with this line of thinking. Um,
1: and yeah. there's,
0: yeah, there's a ton of things like that. And it seems like you have more or less perfectly removed that from Letter. Like, I'm not even sure really how I would morally grandstand or posture on, on Letter. Because um, it's going to be buried in, you know, a, hopefully a lengthy exchange with someone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's possible, Um, (laughs) but it's definitely more difficult. I think Mm -hmm. one of the things with longer form exchanges is that that posturing or the fronts that we put up, the facades that you alluded to, are just harder to maintain over the course of a really free-flowing conversation. I think Mm -hmm. you you either run into a trap of your own making and then kind of in your own writing, start to identify, um, you know, fallacies and inconsistencies yeah. or as an observer, reading an exchange like that, I think it's easier to, as you, you, you pointed to it's, it's a place to sort of peer into the mind of someone else in a way that's not readily available. Um, on the internet, and that's just tremendously valuable and something that we seem to have gone away from um, and I think it' gone away from in some in some sense because of the way that the platforms are designed you know they're meant to be highly emotive uh, because you know things that cause outrage or emotional experiences are likely to keep you around for longer and mm-hmm. that all links back to the advertising model but it, I mean as someone who's not been in this game for particularly a particularly long time it is fascinating to go on a and to scroll through someone's tweets and try to get a sense of who they are and what they care about and that is one thing I think that the platforms are really good for you know like if you want to understand what people care about, Facebook and Twitter, I think, are relatively useful. If you want to understand why they care about those things, and I think you have to go deeper.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to, um, I, there have been times when I have sort of taken the hook and tried to have disagreements with people on Twitter, and it has literally never worked out once. Um, <laughs> even, then, yeah. even in, um, like, I, I think, for instance, with, like, this podcast, I have, um, to a, a high degree, crafted an audience who doesn't really like, uh, you know, rhetoric and posturing. But even still, um, you know, like, in, in you know, I, I posted the episode with uh, the, the Peter Boghossian I talked with, and half of the comments are, you know, this was great. Like, people are asking me to explain things that he said, that I said. Um, and then there, it was just, even, you know, even in um something like that there there were comments that was just like this guy's a shill he's a crackpot and it's just like well like Mm -hmm. i i almost have a hard time getting into that mindset is do you think it's just um because i'm just temperamentally not like that um do you think those people are just in it for the fun and they really don't believe it or do they actually think that they're like going to change people's minds with that type of rhetoric
1: I mean, I think I am temperamentally like that. I can probably (laughs) identify more with them. You know, I am quite um, combative and I've tried to temper some of that uh, Mm -hmm. as I've got older. You you realize that winning a conversation really should be judged in terms of its effectiveness to change people's minds and... I think, and this is the problem with a lot of online discourse, is that the, the certain people are playing that game. They're in this in this melting pot to try and effect as much positive change to as many minds as possible. And sometimes that means they have to eat humble pie and they have to demonstrate intellectual humility. And And sometimes they're 100% right and they're willing to take their licks when they get them. Another cohort of users are really just in it to win, and they define winning in terms of the ego boost they receive by playing to their audience. So, how many likes and shares and sort of online pats in on the back I get by making a snarky point about something. But it's so if you've got two interlocutors that are playing, by totally different sets of rules it's not difficult to understand why so many of these otherwise productive conversations go into the ditch and i think letters one of the main reasons letter exists is to try and correct some of this and at least go what each of us believes is far less important than the process by which we investigate these subject matters and in a way, it's a it's an experiment in, in itself. You know, can we bring people together from in 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 many ways quite drastic, drastically different parts of the ideological spectrum and get them to have really good faith engagements and remain curious and open to changing their opinions? And uh, <laughs> it's been encouraging to see what's what's transpired so far, but there's obviously a lot of work to be done there.
0: Yeah, I actually don't. I, I kind of realized this. Cause, so I, I am engaged in two different uh, exchanges on letter so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, what's really interesting is that I subconsciously um, would begin each letter in a much more, um, I guess, just like respectful and productive tone than even I would on like a YouTube comment, um, like replying to someone Uh like, I, I, I don't know what really explains this, but I, I found myself, you know, starting each letter with dear, whoever, comma, mm. and then I would always begin, I didn't even realize this until I was like three or four letters in, mm. uh, actually starting with like what I agreed with in their previous letter, and then what no, I thought, tasty. yeah, no. yeah, what I thought was like the point of, of contention, and then moving from there. Um, it was just like a very strange experience to step back and then see myself having done that. I was like, "What? What the like? I, what the hell is
1: this?" <laughs> Who's this person? When do I get to call them a Nazi? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That, that, I mean, that that kind of feedback is just music to my ears and and our our team who've been designing the platform because it is it's a challenge to create a place that when you look at letter, it's it's a very clean, minimalistic experience for the user. And that's actually really challenging to create because there's this impulse to like
0: mm-hmm.
1: add and tweak and craft things. And, and I think two things lead to the kind of experience that you've had on the platform. One is the sense that you're actually conversing with another human being mm-hmm. and that it's just you and he or she is unusual in an online exchange unless it's something like email but and the other thing is that i think the existing conversations that most people are exposed to when they first come to the platform i do model this good faith that we're trying to promote as kind of the the primary um factor that underpins productive conversation and i i think whether people realize it or not, they do take their cue subconsciously or otherwise from existing use. If you come onto YouTube and three comments in it's just you know <laughs> uh,
0: it's just a shithole <laughs> yeah
1: complete, complete shithole then yeah. you're much more likely to model that sort of behavior if you come onto letter, you see these long form really thoughtful, respectful civil engagements uh I think that goes a long way and Protecting that culture and cultivating more of it is is absolutely uh, imperative to the success of what we're doing. We have to maintain that.
0: Yeah, actually, the the culture of letter was something I wanted to ask you about, um, because it seems, um, I don't know if, if this was conscious on your part, but you know how you can enter two different, I think it's two, two maybe three, uh, like topics or titles. Um mm-hmm. And they don't seem to be very long. I actually found that to be a very purifying um, experience of, of saying what I was talking about with someone. Um, like, mm. for instance, you know, mm. e- e- even I've been tempted to, and I hate this, but but I've still been tempted to do it. Um, you know, like, like title a, a podcast, something more inflammatory or more provocative than it has to be. Because um, mm. you know, it's just a fact that you're going to get more views yeah. if you do that. Um, but You you know, Mm. I I think if I just pull up my letter uh, profile, the 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 titles are very banalist. On free will, determinism, and more is one, and then on pragmatism and truth, they're just they get to the issue of what we're talking about. Was that a conscious effort on your part?
1: Yeah, I think we wanted to give a reader a snapshot of what is contained in the conversation, and you know, again, this is in some sense a push. Back against the hashtag generation, where you know everything's got twenty or thirty tags, and it's and it's like it's just <laughs> overwhelming. to yeah. oh, what is this actually about? It's about so many things. It's actually about nothing. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: I don't even know what's a tag half the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Whereas you know you, you've you've mentioned the the topics and really having to f- at least start with some framework and focus and. I think it is purifying and I think it's it's important that we we allow newcomers to decide to kind of get a sense of well, what's interesting to me um I can skim this and read these three things and and then decide if I want to go further but it's it's we're still tweaking yeah. the design of the platform you know like we're not sometimes the topics work and sometimes they don't and yeah you, know, you you kind of said you know you, there's this temptation to make something not clickbaity but certainly a bit more provocative uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's what's in there is true. You know, it's clickbait is when you go in expecting one thing and you have this comp- and you just mm-hmm. get advertised. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think you want to be drawn in to conversations that are valuable, uh, regardless of what the hook is, as long as it's you know it's it's not misleading.
0: That's true. Yeah, we we need to get into an argument here, so I can say Clyde Rathbone destroys. <laughs> the,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the topics bet, are, yeah. I destroy, Jordan yeah
0: (laughs) so you you mentioned earlier um i'm I'm assuming you're um familiar with uh peter bogosian's work on why epistemology is more important than the actual beliefs you have i was curious if you had any um it seems like there's a parallel to that where you know systems and incentives are stronger than any individual or willpower um so it seems like the this you know like the 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 incentive of letter you know the way to get something promoted or to have people follow you is to have a good, lengthy, productive conversation, not um, write like an open letter to someone or you know tweet at someone without any expectation that they'll actually get back yeah. to you um, yeah. yeah, I
1: think that's important is that it's you know when you think of the concept of an open letter i think most people consider that to be a rhetorical public statement that's usually Mm -hmm. critical of someone or something. And Mm -hmm. we want criticism, but we want it to be um, with the expectation of um, a response and an engagement. And if we're incentivizing anything, it is – curiosity and truth and good faith. And I think if you can make a platform that creates virtues out of those values and practices, then you're onto something. And I think we're on our way. There's, we need larger data sets and more users and more growth and all that sort of stuff, but it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly trending in the right direction. And these are different incentives to... Um, the, the types that the traditional platforms imbue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed you were uh, writer number one uh, on uh, Letter, and I'm writer number 119. Uh, how how many people are uh, are on the platform now? Do you know an approximate number?
1: Um, I don't. It must be like somewhere between 150 and 200. It's, okay. it's, there's not that many. I mean, I say those are writers, obviously. And yeah. the exciting thing from our... Perspective is that the retention and engagement, and these are this is all you start getting into startup tech speak here. So just pull me up if I do. But um, once once people have actually experienced it, I think that's the one of the the major differences. You know, I can describe Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and your guess as to how valuable those platforms will be for you is probably going to be relatively accurate. A lot of people, I think, are skeptical about the the value of long-form exchanges, not just long-form writing. I mean, there's obviously places like Medium, and which are just awesome for putting your thoughts out into the world. But I think the value of engagement and conversation is just more profound than we anticipate. And I think having an experience of that, especially it's one – that actually shakes your confidence a bit and gets mm-hmm. you to revise some yeah. tightly hold cherished beliefs. It's uncomfortable, but if you can push through that discomfort, the other side is worth getting to. And the more we can model that and the more we can see that, I think the the better chance we have of, of being around for longer.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's kind of, I mean, it's understandable, but at the same time, it's weird that a lot of people actually feel a negative emotion towards, um, like disagreement, uh, (laughs) which is not, I mean, it's not intuitive really. I, cause I, I mean, I, am assuming you and I are very alike in this sense, but I love just like, you know, hearing that someone disagrees with me about, Mm. you know, I, I, I have invited, you know, I've had podcasts created by, um, people either themselves or they'll refer me to someone that they know who disagrees with me and, you know, I'll have them on the show and it's just like, it's yeah. a great experience. Um, and I don't yeah. know, yeah, like I, I don't know why that's not more common than it is. Maybe because people just aren't used to what a philosophy seminar is like. I don't know. I mean, it's just. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting because I, I don't come from any sort of academic background or high school Mm-hmm. qualification then I went straight into professional sport and I think my valuing of disagreement is a product of my upbringing and you know Dane and I often talk about what life was like in our home growing up and it was chaos and Yes, three younger brothers my yeah. parents are very opinionated mm-hmm. um, people, and it was just, we thought that was, you know, huge arguments breaking out over the dinner table, you know, it, almost every night that we thought that was normal until we started going to other <laughs> places and realizing how, you know, it's it just, and we picked up a lot of bad habits. I'm not saying it was um, a okay, perfect course. model, but yeah. but I think the thing that we really valued was the the, the personal growth that is possible from having your mind changed. And when you see that translate into the real world effects, Mm. um, that's just, it's super exciting. And it, it is, there's nothing, there's few things better than having your mind changed in a way that makes your life and the life of other people better. And the, I think the analogy to some sort of physical training is apt if you want to get to some sort of elite level, you have to suffer and you mm-hmm. have to struggle and you have yep. to be embarrassed and in pain. And, but if you can learn to maintain some level of comfort in that, um, you can get there. And I, and I think the same thing is true of your mind. Uh, and now that I'm saying that sentence, uh, I feel like a complete asshole because my mind is chaos and i break all the rules that i like yeah uh, i like to promote I'm, uh,
0: I'm sure it's better than it could otherwise be at the at the very least it's, yeah it is
1: probably that
0: yeah no i that's it's funny that you mentioned um your brother dane uh kind of shaping the way that you grew up because i i didn't have i have a younger sister um but w- growing up i uh, i've been best friends with the same person he's actually a, a co-host often of the show since uh yeah, since kindergarten um oh, wow. and it was it was funny because we we had really similar uh upbringings um we were both born into very religious families um very socially conservative families oh, wow. um where there was like a rigid rule book of like things you can say things you cannot mm-hmm. by any means say mm-hmm. and um it was really interesting because we we both uh kind of you know formed it's it's funny like we we say we raised each other more than any family member ever raised either of us um, because you know we we started just sort of like exploring ideas together that we couldn't explore with wow. uh That's like awesome. family or siblings yeah it was incredible um and you know we both At a a fairly early age, you know, between 12 to 14, 15, um, you know, kind of discovered like Christopher Hitchens debates, Sam Harris debates and stuff. We would just we would hang out like after school and gleefully watch like a two hour long debate. And like no one else our our age was doing that. Not I don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, it was just it was cool to have that experience of um, having someone who, you know, it's just like. You, you almost say like okay well fuck it like whatever we believe before like let's just investigate something now and mm-hmm. it seems like um, besides something like a podcast uh, a, a long-form letter is really the the best way to do that um, mm-hmm. and yeah I
1: think there's, there's sorry that you were finishing a oh, photo but...
0: no, no no I was just I was just thinking out loud go ahead
1: yeah I think the um... You know, I think podcasts. The success of podcasts in the last ten years, at least the last ten years, has just has opened the door for what we're doing in a sense. Because, I mean, I, I was saying to you before we we started recording, I cycle into work every day, and you know, I'm learning, and it's through yeah. conversation. My favorite podcasts are conversations. It's it's very rare that it's just one person speaking. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. There's exceptions to that. I think Dan Carlin's hardcore history is just... Oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, so it's, good. If you go down that rabbit hole, expect to lose lots oh, of it's hours so of life, good. but yeah. there's no regrets. Uh, um, none. But, but most of the, the ones that I enjoy most regularly are conversations. And mm-hmm. there's one of the questions when we started interviewing people about letter, let um, take a step back. We started doing user interviews, sort of saying like what... How do you use social media? What do you like? What don't you like? What would you like to see change? And one of the questions in those interviews was, have you ever considered starting a podcast? Okay. And maybe it was because we were filtering for a certain type of pe- person, but the feedback there was standing. It was in somewhere in the 90th percentile. Really? And people either said, I, I've considered it or I have started it. What was interesting then, the follow-up question was, how did, how did that go? What What's the progress of that? And almost everyone had faltered at some point. It either realized that it was a lot more difficult than they had anticipated. <laughs> yeah. Um, preaching to the choir here. Yeah. Um, or, or had um, it got going but then just felt the pressure to have to produce content regularly to be quite a burden, especially if you've got all – Normal life stresses and <laughs> responsibilities. Also, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but so then, you know, what where that led from letters perspective is to the point where anyone who wants to have a conversation in a long form way can do that without the technical um, sort of what else is what else was the problem? It's, I guess it's like it's a technical issue, but it's also a skill set issue. Like some people are just better at communicating in text. Um, and the other, I guess, major advantage to writing a letter versus a podcast is that the, the breathing room that the conversation has, mm-hmm. you know, right now you and I are talking and I have to come up with something to say in seconds. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I know that if you emailed me these questions and I spent an hour responding, everything that I communicated would be clearer. yeah. Um, and, and sound a lot more intelligent. So there's advantages to writing there. And I think the people who love podcasts are likely to, to enjoy letter as well. And further down the track with the platform, we want to start to decouple the modes of communication. So if someone writes a letter on letter, starts a conversation, we want the reader or the the consumer to be able to listen to that in audio and the the text to speech technology is getting really exciting in the last couple of years Uh, and vice versa. If someone has a conversation like this, we want to be able to convert it into text and put it on the platform so that people aren't limited to the medium that they best learn by.
0: Yeah, the, the only problem with speech to text is you'll quickly see how poor of a poor of a speaker you are. Yeah, <laughs> not, it's terrifying. not you specifically, yeah. but <laughs> no, no, I've I've,
1: yeah. I've seen people that I, I mean, yeah, people that I, I know are brilliant, and mm-hmm. you see a transcript of the podcast, and it looks like something Trump might have said or something. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just wrong exclamation point.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah no it's it's uh it's astonishing cuz like even that my co-host uh, commented uh, to me once he said you know it's weird that we tend to speak in um such jagged sentences where we're just sort of like and he he was you know saying it in a positive light I I think it kind of shows how we're really just wrestling with ideas we don't have preformed thoughts about a lot of things. Um mm-hmm. but the the I don't know. It is, it is interesting, actually, like the time lapse that you have, because I, I've noticed, um, I guess for, for myself so far, there's a different, um, I guess there's like a different manner in which I write letters uh, on letter versus something like responding to a tweet or a YouTube comment. Because um, when someone comments on, on like a video and I think it's worth responding to, I just respond to it right there. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, what I've noticed, I'll do is when I get because I have email notifications for letters, so I'll see like you know um, someone wrote back to you, and I actually won't even what I'll I actually won't even look at the email. I'll leave it on my phone so I have the reminder to get to it. But it will usually take me about a day or so um, to like actually sit down and respond to it when I know I kind of have time and I'm not. Like preoccupied with something else. I, th- I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's again, it's it's a muscle that you can train, and that most of us has atrophied. And <laughs> it's I, I know I had the same experience. There's there's kind of two modes that I found myself in writing on the platform. One is I can't do anything else except sit down and write this letter uh, because either. I'm convinced that the other person's wrong, or they've said something that's pissed me off, and it's just like this—it's this very um, mindless but focused experience, and mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of you know smacking at the keyboard, and um, usually you'll review what you've written and go, okay, most of that was garbage, and you'll take a few steps back, and <laughs> but then the other mode is the one that you've alluded to, which is this—it's the this slower pace, and mm-hmm. and I think that's again something that we, we want the platform to to reflect is that you know we don't want you coming onto letter every day it, it, you know if, if unless you're doing something you're gaining some value for it from mm-hmm. it but it's it's meant to be a lower volume higher value platform so you know it's always going to be harder to write a letter than to write a tweet mm-hmm. and but what we want is that people when they review the time that they've spent on letter they really do feel that it was amongst the most valuable time they spent on the internet that day or that week, and um, and I think that there's some strong correlation between value and effort. The, mm. the most valuable things are never easy, um, and and I think the platform does does reflect that, and that that's why it's a it's an interesting space to be in this whole consumer internet space because a lot of the the kinds of people that might invest or get involved, they, they're they looking for metrics that mimic uh, the existing successful platforms. But know, we've always said that if you applied like a lean startup, iterate fast and break things and, you know, just kind of fuddle your way through approach to letter, um, you could end up just repeating all the mistakes that the other platforms have made. Mm-hmm. I think Dane, Dane had the analogy of, you know, like if you – just did a focus group and you fed people a spoon of this and a spoon of that, and then you kind of went into the kitchen and iterated. you'd end up with McDonald's. Um, <laughs> and that's awesome if you're trying to build McDonald's, but if you're trying to build something, not just what people want, but actually what people need, um, I think a slower approach is necessary. Well, no, I went in a rant there, sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Uh, the, what's kind of struck me with the food analogy is almost like um, – it's kind of weird. Have you ever had the experience of actually enjoying something that tasted bad because it was good for you? I, there's almost like this weird, um, I don't know, you know how like sometimes if you eat ice cream, halfway through like the ice cream, you're just kind of like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> oh,
1: I mean, maybe not halfway through but almost immediately after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I think the there's a few things that are just to capture this problem really well, or this experience. So, one is meditation, and the other is uh, something like yoga. You know, if you just describe these activities to people, you know, I can imagine I said to you, Jordan, I'm going to invite you into a small room <laughs> filled with strangers. Uh, you're going to get a tiny mat, and we're going to hold some impossibly difficult positions for the next 90 minutes.
0: <laughs> Sounds like and I should be it, naked. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at the end
1: of it, you're going to walk out with a huge smile on your face. You'd think it's crazy, but yeah, <laughs> some experiences really do have to be had to be fully um, appreciated or to fully capture what the benefits that they can convey. And I think long-form writing is one of those. And I think it's something that almost anyone can do. You know, there was... One of the bits of feedback that we have received is that it can be intimidating to put your thoughts out into the world in an exchange and know that you, you might be tested on things and um, pushed at least on, on on your opinions. And I really do feel as though that's the, the equivalent of saying I'm, I'm too intimidated to walk into the gym because people will judge me. And you just have to push through that and the, mm-hmm. the if you do, there's there's good stuff to be had.
0: Yeah, it's um, I'm assuming uh, I I think I heard you in a, another podcast reference uh, Tristan Harris's Time Well Spent, uh, yeah. and it's sort of interesting. Like a, an analogy to something like Letter might be um, <laughs> like I've noticed uh, you know, with with some friends of mine, sometimes it's really hard to get them to do something that is a little bit difficult. Maybe like play a sport that they're not that good at. But what mm. I notice is that during like, the activity of playing the sport and immediately afterwards, I, I would bet just a million dollars that they are mm. happier in that moment yeah. and, and reflect on it uh, in a way that's like it just it feels better to have done it also than the, the counterfactual of, of whatever they would have done. Um, and it, it seems like yeah. that's – yeah, it's, it's kind of analogous to Letter um, where yeah. <laughs> you almost have to – at least sometimes for me, I I have to force myself to sit down and actually open it up Mm. and just like, okay, well, let's just reread the last couple letters in this exchange and just and Mm. get to it. But as soon as I close the the tab, I'm just like, oh, I'm so happy I did that. Like, I just got so much from it. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect summary of what the experience can be like. And, And I think it's, I mean, so much of modern life presents us with this challenge the the challenge being what we know is good for us and all the other options that are available that this tension between short-term gratification and like deep long-term value and even short-term value is i really do feel like this is a modern challenge to some extent, you know, like when we were tribal communities, our day to day existence was uh, food, shelter, yeah. really, and I think there's something, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to see why these communities were so happy. I mean, I don't want to just glora, kind of paint this idealized picture, I'm sure when they didn't have sure. dentistry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. They weren't thrilled. But
0: wasn't that great? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but I, but I do think having truly immersive, rich, communal experiences was on tap back in the day, and now we get the promise of those experiences through the Facebooks and Twitters and YouTube, but it never really fills that space, mm-hmm. now, or it re- it really does. I shouldn't say it never does, and on letter that that is the space that we're trying to occupy it's this it's, it's meaningful and it's valuable
0: yeah no I've, I've totally noticed that in in my own life um like it it almost seems like once you uh if you could just manage to get over that hump at the beginning of things it's yeah. just like you could never imagine like having not done it um Mm-hmm. I, like, like even like with, with our podcast, um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's a big mix of things. Um, like sometimes I'll have a one-on-one with someone like yourself and then sometimes it's, it's me and sometimes three other co-hosts will, mm-hmm. um, will sit down and just, you know, grab a couple of beers and talk about, uh, like a, a, a paper we wrote or a paper we read rather or something. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's like, it's, um, it's this really strange kind of a ritual at this point because we do it the same time every week and mm-hmm. it's it's you know there's uh, some some gripe sometimes about like ah, I just didn't want to read this this week or I didn't read all of it this week or, or whatever yeah. it is um, but it's funny that just like everyone has said that it's like it's something really like that they look forward to even though it's something that's hard and honestly mm. if you it's weird because if you sample any individual like point in the preparation, or maybe even during the podcast, sometimes your enjoyment level can be pretty low. But mm. the entire mm. experience itself has a very high level of enjoyment, um, which yeah. is—it's a weird—it's yeah. Yeah, a weird thing to experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you were running a marathon that never ended, that would be <laughs> torture. <laughs> it's uh,
0: Sisyphus, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but crossing yeah. crossing the the line and having. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting that sense of accomplishment and, yeah, and growth that they can convey is just, it's, you know, and, not, and I don't know if it's possible to really master this um, without going to live in a cave somewhere in Nepal. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think having a focus, a daily focus to move your life more towards intentional activities versus mindless uh, autopilot style mm-hmm. experiences which it's and it's this is a challenge, and I fall into the trap uh, all the time you know like I will catch myself at the end of a ten minute twenty minute youtube rabbit hole going out oh, what <laughs> what was accomplished there and I, and I think it's important <laughs> to be like kind of i've- i'm becoming a bit more relaxed about it all and that it's it's just if and if I sat you in a place where all your temptations were at your finger, your fingertips, you're going to transgress more than if I stick you in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's I, I do feel as though it's a kind of a case of just constantly resetting, getting back on the horse, going, okay, well that was a waste of time, but what can I do to make the next period uh, a bit more intentional and a bit more valuable?
0: Yeah, actually, actually, um. Myself and two of the other co-hosts are doing uh, like a sober October challenge. Um, oh,
1: congratulations!
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's well, it's it's funny because like every part of it, like I, I was actually telling someone else about it, and they just expressed these sentiments of just like, well, like why the hell would you be doing that?" Because the rules are, um, you know, no no booze. Um, if you have any of that, you're you're done. You're just out. And then the rest of it is like a points competition for like eating like certain foods gets you positive points, eating certain foods gets you negative points, and okay. different like, gamified it. Yeah, yeah, because we're all really competitive, so we're like, okay, well, let's let's you know make this fun. Let's make the loser have to do something awful. <laughs> <I> like <laughs> yeah, like shave his head or something like that. I don't know. Um, and it's just it's like it's funny because it, it's I feel like a minority of the people I tell that to. Are like, wow, that sounds fun. I want to join. And the majority of people are like, why would you want to do something difficult? Um, and I, I wondered if you had any thoughts, because it seems like letter can be interpreted like that to some people. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how would you go about getting someone to join letter who may say, why the hell would I do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same strategy that I would employ to get anyone to do anything that I thought was difficult but valuable. And that is to just take the first few steps into it. You know, if if you're trying to get your diet sorted or you're trying to you know, get fit um, or you're trying to learn a new skill, mm. you really just have to get your hands dirty and mm-hmm. to appreciate the journey for, you know, as cliched as that does sound. it's. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's no less true for, for being a cliche. I think it's, it, you can learn to enjoy the entire process without becoming fixated on the outcome um, hmm. maybe maybe this refutes my marathon point from earlier but <laughs> you can you can you can learn to really enjoy these experiences that from the outside looking in just look miserable and i think sam harris has talked a bit about this you know like if you if you wake up in the night with the same pain in your arm or your legs that you get from a workout you hmm. will be rushed to emergency but if you've chosen them and you've chosen them with a Bigger picture in mind, that can be immensely pleasurable, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think letter falls into this wheelhouse of activities that are hard but worth it, and <laughs> and and I would and I guess the message would be to give it a give it a shot and to really commit and and review it, and it might be that um, something interesting is discovered and you, and you add this to the list of things in your life that you want to revisit regularly, um, because they make it better Um, Mm -hmm. or it might not be for you and you can, you can bail out. So it's, but I think, I think trying it and being committed enough to at least say you've got the full experience really matters.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would, I would highly encourage anyone listening to, uh, to have a conversation with anyone. Um, whether that's myself, uh, I'd say any fans can reach out to me and we can have a conversation, um, awesome. yeah, or with anyone because uh, it's really cool the The other thing that I kind of noticed um that struck me as interesting was i've i've I haven't come across someone who doesn't use their full uh, first name and last name on yeah. the the platform and is that I actually don't recall when I set up my profile. Is that an option that you can opt out of? Can you be just like a username?
1: So this whole idea of anonymity is, is something that we've we've spent a lot of time thinking about and has has really influenced the design of the platform. Um, so I guess to answer the question, you can write under a pseudonym.
0: Okay. Um,
1: if you do that, we won't, unless it's some sort of edge case, uh, we, we typically won't promote that content on the featured feed of Letters. So if you go to letter, there's a featured feed of the most mm-hmm. interesting recent content, and it, it gets updated, um, if not every day, then every couple of days. The reason why I think this is really important is is if you look at... The cultures that platforms, other platforms have, you know, why is it that, say, Twitter has a totally different culture to something like LinkedIn? I think a large part of that is, is removing anonymity and adding some level of accountability. Mm-hmm. I think there, there definitely are edge cases that we're totally comfortable with. You know, uh, dissidents in the Middle East uh, is like an obvious example where. Yeah, we would be more than happy to host anonymous content written by someone like that. We would have to do some vetting on the back end on mm-hmm. our side to make sure. But I think that the sense that you're talking with another person um, and that you're willing to stand behind what you have to say that goes a, a, a really long way in enhancing the quality of discourse. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's been a very conscious decision, and and we and we hope more of the internet shifts towards that.
0: I have a friend who uh, who I, I won't name him obviously but he he uses his full name first and last on Facebook and oh. on on Twitter his his username is sort of a it's like a a, a play on his name uh, I guess you could say it and then his reddit uh, profile is just nothing like his name and it's funny because I can see a linear relationship between his conduct online and yeah and, ha- and the, you know, like the transparency of his identity. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. And, I, and yeah. I think that's, as long as you're, you're relatively consistent and upfront about what you're trying to get out of these various online spaces, then I think it's okay um, to use certain platforms anonymously. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think if your goal is, is thoughtful dialogue, then anonymity is a real problem. Um, mm-hmm. it's not to say like that that there's not you know, people might feel more comfortable writing anonymously and so on, but the trade offs are that you invite recklessness onto the platform. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: right now I think we're we're doing the right thing, which is it's not enforcing anyone to to use their real name, but it's certainly encouraging it.
0: Yeah um it's it's probably the right balance to strike i would say uh the yeah so so one thing um i don't know this is kind of like a stylistic uh question i had for you is there is there any reason why you can't see um the previous chain of letters when you're responding to the next one i noticed that because sometimes like i'll actually write i'll I'll split my monitor and have the conversa uh, the, the previous letter here and just like a word document of my next one here um
1: yeah the the reason for that is is that we are operating in the smell of an oily rag and it hasn't <laughs> it hasn't made its way uh down the product development backlog but okay. it's it's an obvious um feature addition that we we need to introduce because I've had the exact same experience well i'll have yeah. to I well, mean, no, just open another tab that has the letter on it and then you know, write it that way. But mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to fix that. There's, a lot, there's, so much, there's so many things like that where – and this is where like, the feedback from writers is just invaluable because we're almost too close to the action to, to spot um, these obvious flaws in the product. So if you are listening to this and you are a reader or a writer on the platform, you can email us at um, humans at karma.wiki. And and just complain as as <laughs> as long as you like because it really is great feedback for us to get. It's the thing that helps us evolve the platform.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I should say any uh, relevant links I will post in the show notes below. Um, uh, on the on the topic of people joining, um, there is there I would say there's a very low barrier to entry. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that there is any danger in? Um, I don't know, I guess, do you want to exclude certain people or is it really something that you would like to see every person on?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we'd like Letter to be a place that anyone can come and have a thoughtful conversation or as a reader can come and read interesting content. And as we grow, we're starting to see the kinds of things people discuss really broaden out. Mm -hmm. So we've started with a uh, a cohort of academics, but now we're seeing just every day mainst- the mainstream getting involved and um, tackle topics like you mentioned at the beginning you know, um, strength and conditioning or parenting, yeah. and it's stuff that it's not some esoteric um, academic subject matter. And I think that's really important mm-hmm. that we do that. But then as the platform evolves, I think it's really important that the user, the individual user can customize their experience on the platform. So they're only seeing content that's relevant to them. You know, if you don't want to see stuff about postmodernism, but you're interested in architecture, then, you know, mm-hmm. it's important that you you can narrowcast your experience to get the relevant content. Um,
0: how how would you do that? Do you have anything to, to do that now?
1: No, right now it's you're just thrown into the deep sea of content. <laughs> yeah. um, over time i think it's 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 relatively again i say this is a non-technical co-founder of the platform i i believe this is not um, particularly challenging technically uh, mm-hmm. we just we just need to throw our programming team at it
0: mm-hmm. yeah I guess <laughs> yeah yeah i guess you could almost follow certain topics or something right. like that because i know you can follow different conversations um yes.
1: you can follow individuals and you sub and subscribe to conversations. So if you follow yeah. an individual, you'll be notified whenever they write or receive a letter. If you subscribe to a conversation, you'll be notified when a new letter appears in that conversation. Okay. Um, being able to follow topics is just an obvious addition for us. It's
0: mm-hmm. it's kind of- Yeah, cool. Do do you think it would be? Um, would it be? useful slash a good idea to kind of have like a um, because there's no there's no um, uh, kind of inconspicuous way to remind someone to reply back to you other than writing Mm -hmm. a letter do you think like a (laughs) private or public kind of reminder would be a good idea yeah
1: I mean we're starting to see some of this happen on the other platforms so um, people are sharing their letters to Twitter. And that creates its own comments through There's no comments on Letter itself, but we've almost outsourced mm-hmm. comments to Twitter. Um, and, and you'll see some of this activity happen there. Someone will prod someone and say, hey, it's been a week. Or I think building in some sort of reminder system uh, could make a lot of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. one, one of the things we've learned the, the hard and painful way is to really only add things to the platform when there's a loud chorus of unrelenting demand, um, mm-hmm. you know it's it, it's so easy to go down this rabbit hole of fine-tuning <laughs> and adding, but it really needs to be something that's critical to the user experience. And reminders could fall into that category. I think private messaging is is a really good idea. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, all these things are on the table, and I feel like it's a matter of when, uh, less than a matter of if.
0: Yeah, no, I I do. I do think it's a good idea to keep it as lean as possible. Um, Because it's nice to, um, I mean, honestly, like you, my experience so far has been I go on, I'll kind of, you know, before I answer the next letter, I'll skim through some letters that are, you know, either in the featured section or ones that are, you know, following or whatever. And, um, and then basically, the next step is always just go to my profile and answer the letter. Um, Yeah. There's not, there's not a lot of chaff where you get stuck, you know, watching a video of a puppy or, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, watching someone flame someone else on Twitter, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you give people those avenues, they're going to explore them. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, we're trying to do something that's just, just totally in a different direction to yeah. YouTube, Facebook and Twitter.
0: How, if you're, if you're open to answering this, how do you plan on a monetizing letter? It seems difficult.
1: Yeah, it will be. And I think it's, it's why we're trying to play the long game here, which is create something really valuable that lots of people like and use and then explore monetization in a way that's completely consistent with the values of the user base. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's going to require some innovation i think Um, we're not we're not in a huge rush to monetize i think we're fortunate to have investors who are in this for the long haul and are are of the same mind as us with regards to how to do that but things like subscription models are becoming more popular Mm -hmm. and premium features um patreon models there's a whole bunch of things on the table i think you could even introduce some sort of Ethical advertising. Um, I'm not sure how that would work, but I would be keen to explore it. So there's, mm-hmm. I think, if we get a, a large group of of people using the platform, and we can be confident that it's a it's a real valuable addition to their lives, we'll be able to figure monetization out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was just curious um, because the like the reliance on ad revenues for you know podcasts or social media sites or Anything yeah. online, really, it seems to have, um, it. like we were talking about incentives versus willpower. The incentives are all aligned to just increase click-throughs, and we were talking about yeah. clickbait. Um, and it, it's, it just seems like something as valuable as letter. It would be, be a damn shame to see it succumb to something like that. Yeah, there's yeah. no,
1: I mean, we would rather fail than mm-hmm. uh, succumb to those, those problems. You yeah, know, Ryan Bennett and I are, in the middle of a conversation about this. Um, hmm. Ryan's a, an engineer, software engineer, and uh, recently became part of the team. But before he joined us, he wrote me a letter about this, So sort of saying, hmm. you know, I, I'm concerned about the future in terms of monetization. And, and you're always walking this tightrope between surviving as a company as, and as a startup and not wanting to... Just repeat the, the mistakes of the other platforms, and I'm confident. I'm confident they will solve this problem. Um, maybe that's uh, an optimism bias, but <laughs> I feel like people are people are ready to act more consciously and ethically around the use of online platforms if the they feel as though there's a. A strong level of alignment between their values and those of the, the that of the platform, and and I, and I think the the is just waiting for people to explore this. So, mm-hmm. first problems first. We have to create a platform that people really want, and we have to grow uh, to an extent where these problems become live. Right now, they're dormant potential future problems, um, and you know if we get to them, things have gone well.
0: Yeah. I hope you get to them then.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, that's the plan.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to be mindful of your time. But before, before I let you go, um, I, have, I have one last question for you. If, you. if you could have a letter exchange with anyone alive or dead, uh, who would it be?
1: Hmm. These are always the questions that I know tomorrow morning <laughs> I'll have the perfect answer for.
0: Yeah. Well you can tweet tweet just, it to me and I'll
1: <laughs> just just let me think about it for a second. Yeah. I think it would be really, really interesting to have a letter exchange with an ancestor from a period of history, say I don't know, like my family, my my family left the Netherlands on my mother's side and were one of the first European settlers in uh, South Africa in the 1650s. Oh, wow. And I, I just think getting into an exchange with someone who'd lived through that experience, um, and so they escaped France, fleeing religious persecution, got on a, a boat to Cape Town and survived. And I think, I mean, that, that must have been in some ways, like a mission to Mars, with um, just all the unknowns. And just like, it's just what was going through their minds when they arrived in Cape Town, compared to just, so yeah, that, that would that yeah. would that would be I would love that. And, and I guess, in a way that wraps into one of the things that we're most excited about with the, the platform is that the persistent value of the exchanges. You know, they're valuable whilst they're being had, but the idea that my kids, kids, kids will be able to read my letters is just tremendously exciting.
0: Yeah, I, I would read that letter exchange. That, yeah. that would be incredible. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, Clyde, I want to thank you uh, very much for, uh, for coming on and talking about this. And um, please tell people where they can find out more about you and more about Letter.
1: So the website is letter.wiki. You can learn about it by reading the letters on the platform, but also going to the About and FAQs pages. Um, And yeah, I I would really encourage people to dive in and start an interesting conversation uh, with anyone that they they think would um, be a worthy correspondent. Uh, And Jordan, thanks so much for this opportunity. I've really uh, enjoyed talking to you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. And, uh, to our listeners, thank you for listening. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and learned something from it. And if you want to support my work and what I'm doing, you can do so by supporting me on Patreon. You can go, um, to patreon.com forward slash Jordan Myers and donate, um, on a monthly basis and receive rewards for your donation. Um, again, that's J O R D A N M Y E R S. And, uh, the link's will to everything will be in the description below if you can't monetarily support me you can support me in other ways by liking this video uh, commenting on it below reviewing the show on itunes or sharing it with a friend or with your twitter followers um, you can also email me at Plato's Cave Podcast at gmail.com and follow me on twitter at jordan underscore c underscore myers and if you want um, you can check out my other show called That's BS. Um, It's a more discussion-based show with me and friends. Uh, I mentioned it at the top of this episode. So um, if you enjoyed this, please consider supporting me on Patreon. And as always, thanks for listening.